And I remember when I was uh, coming to these shows, and I was an outfitter from Turkey, and our national game was, of course, Ibex, and we loved it. But yeah. I always talk, heard about sheep hunting. And finally, I saw some pictures and uh, some trophies at this, some of the shows, and I decided maybe I shall go look at it. Yeah. That's how, how everything started, and, and it, was, it has been amazing. And I think I've been operating uh, in Mongolia for more than 23 years now. Welcome back to the GSEO podcast, where hunting is the number one conservation tool. Today we are on location at Safari Club International Convention with our special guest, Khan Karakaya. Khan is the owner of Shikar Safaris and is hunted with the who's who's in the industry. If you've researched the mountain hunting side of things, especially in Asia, you've probably heard or seen his name mentioned. So Khan, how you doing today, buddy? Thanks so much. Very nice to see you, TJ. Yeah, you too, man. And it's uh, great to be in uh, SCI Nashville here. Yeah. You know, um, we have, we did the Dallas show, and after that we went to Wild Sheep and GSCO. Mm-hmm. And there was a break in between. We went hunting, and um, you may have heard uh, we also had a earthquake in Turkey, which yes. was very sad. And we are very sorry for that. Uh, what happened? And we try to help people there, and especially we had few hunting areas. Yeah. Southeastern Turkey, which was affected, especially the, you know, some of the guides and wildlife department people. Have you been back there since? Uh, I was just uh, last week okay. back in Turkey and mainly helping. You know, we try to uh, get some tents and stoves and some food and stuff for the affected areas, especially for wildlife uh, department and also with uh, some of the local guides we have there. But um, generally, yeah, it's getting better. Of course, it's a really big tragedy happen. For sure. And we are very sorry. But, you know, Turkey is a great nation. And we make sure we get over it and we'll continue our bad and good to be a good ally of the yeah, United sure. States. And hopefully we continue our uh, successful conservation programs there. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, and, yeah, our prayers go out to all those people in, in Turkey. And, you know, I know we'll rise up and, and overcome this tragedy that's happened so absolutely uh, the main reason that we're 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 gonna have this podcast today was we had a an awesome meeting yesterday you know talking about you know the issues with the Argali stuff but and we'll get into that here in a few but before we we do that I, I just want for those people that don't know who you are can you give us like some background on on how you became so passionate about hunting and conservation well I think I born in the right family my father was an avid hunter and his grandfather was an avid hunter and and uh, when I was uh, a child, six, seven years old, and my father used to take me hunting, and then uh, he, he was a forestry engineer, and he became head of the wildlife uh, department in southern Turkey and started some great conservation areas and grew up with conservation. And uh, when I was nine, ten years old, already I knew who Hector Queller, wow. who I was in Yashimato, Jim Conklin. I had the privilege to hunt with this, those names when I was just 12, 14 years old. Yeah, that's cool. And... Uh, and when I graduated from the university, I was already guiding, and uh, you know I became a civil engineer. And I said, uh, should I, should I be part of this <laughs> buildings, or <laughs> I, I go after my passion and see if the other side is of the other side of the mountain is uh, more greener. And yeah. I ended up doing what I'm doing, and uh, I had a really uh, I was uh, very lucky because I was able to see the changes, uh, especially from the uh, Great Soviet Union. Uh, uh, split it and uh, there were a lot of Turkish uh, countries there and we, I had the chance to visit Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan when just in the beginning and able to be part of their conservation 
programs and we opened up uh, 96 Azerbaijan. That was my f first wow. international operation and 97 uh, Pakistan and then Iran and it followed with some, several other places like Tajikistan and finally Mongolia. Mongolia was a big dream for me. Yeah. And I remember when I was uh, coming to these shows and I was an outfitter from Turkey and our national game was of course Ibex and we loved it but yeah. I always talk, heard about sheep hunting and finally I saw some pictures and uh, some trophies at this, some of the shows and I decided maybe I shall go look at it. Yeah. That's how, how everything started and, and it, was, it has been amazing and I think I've been operating uh, in Mongolia for more than 23 years now. Dang. And uh, when I get there, unfortunately, most of the Altai uh, areas in the West was not in good shape because the biggest problem in the West, we have a lot of uh, domestic animals. You know, Mongolia during the Soviet times, maybe they had 25, 30 million domestic animals. But today they have 85 million. Oh, wow. And population is only 3.5 million. So they're way over uh, too, too much uh, domestic animals. And I would say 8, 10 million horses alone. And those wild horses, they eating the grass in the high land where the Argale habitat is. So yeah. that's a really big, big issue because uh, they compete with the sheep. And if uh, horses and yaks and sheep and the Kashmir goats eat their grasses during the summer, and they, they cannot survive because the grass at the bottom is already uh, taken yeah. during the summer too. So it's a big issue. And I, I try to start with some conservation programs and... Back in 90, uh, sorry, back in 2015, we start operating on the west again. And as you may see some of the pictures, mm -hmm. we start changing that record book because we start getting some big sheep. Yeah. Some of this giant Altai Argal is that's really something amazing. Just, you know, able to hunt those is really, really uh, uh, amazing. But uh, what we are facing after a few years of successful conservation and hunting operation we are having issues with U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, that, uh, you know, they are back and laying, uh, issuing the tags. I understand there are some, uh, after COVID, there's something happened between the two, uh, you know, game departments and yeah. maybe miscommunications. But what I understand, they are fixing that and they are, looks like, uh, getting taken care of it. And hopefully we will continue our program because we must get the uh, support of U.S. hunters because... If the, there's a value of this uh, um, Argali, locals will uh, take care of it. If they, there, there's no value for them, yeah. simply they will disappear. And we've been doing a lot of uh, work with them, explaining what it is and helping them with the schools and with the food and infrastructure in the area. And we are buying grass from them and putting in the wintertime those grass for the sheep. So now they, they understand the, that Argal is important and that they are really uh, protecting it pr pr pretty well. And, uh, but we are worried if this doesn't continue, who will pay for those and then yeah. how they can survive. It'll go away. It's like that same old adage, like you give it a monetary value on something and it becomes precious. Like, and that's exactly what you're explaining. Hey, everyone. I wanted to tell you about an all-new amazing opportunity to help you complete your Super 10 milestone. This is a must if you're trying to achieve a Super 10. The name of it is called My 10. For just $25 per year as a My 10 member, you'll have an opportunity to win your choice of species from your remaining Super 10 list. My 10 members will also be eligible to win other predetermined hunt drawings throughout the year. Stay tuned for those.
Go to slamquest.org to see all the rules and regulations regarding participation and make sure you sign up today. I have a question for you on that. Like, So with the, all the domestic animals, do they intermingle with those Argalis over there? Are they causing like uh, disease issues? Absolutely. They are. Absolutely. So a big problem then. Uh, you know, they've been there forever. So right. I think uh, in North America, I think your sheep just seen human being a few hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. But for thousands of years, uh, Asian sheep knows what's human being and what is domestic animals. But since there are too many, of course, they're uh, causing some uh, diseases. But um, I think uh, the nomadic lifestyle, you know, no nomads, they go and they... They, they spend the summer wherever they found the grass mm -hmm. and the sheep do the same thing right. so they compete each other the domestic animals and the wild sheep and then early September when the nomads go back to their winter pastures sheep change location again and they, they go where they were uh, during the summer mm -hmm. but uh, simply uh, because the numbers of domestic animals raising that's really causing a lot of problems and I think we have to really fight with that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that was that big of an issue. But I like you have your hand on the pulse of Mongolia and those Asian style um, hunts. That you know, I don't. I don't think there's too many other outfitters out there that can match. But uh, yeah, so that's why I ask those kind of questions. Um, you know, because I know on the North American side of things, like our when our domestic sheep get with our sheep, you know, it's it could wipe out a whole herd. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. you'd hate to see something like that happen over there where. You know, especially if if the hunters aren't aren't going there, you know, and that that's a that can be a big problem. And it, like we talked about in the meeting yesterday, you know, um, if if you how long can you sustain that? Right, like throwing that money there mm -hmm. and without uh, Americans coming over there and, and mm -hmm. spending money and and so talk a little bit about what you know how those permits are going to go up for auction and what do you think about that as far as well mongolians talk about that they they will put some of the tax in the auction but i don't like too much the auction idea yeah. personally mm -hmm. because what happened in china back in the day you know china we used to hunt 20 years ago in china and then they decided that they, they could sell those tax more expensive so the game department could make uh, more money but mm -hmm. when they uh, announcement uh, they make the announcement of the auction and public find out about it and there were a lot of anti-hunters and they ended up closing hunting mm. and now we are having the similar issues in turkey because turkey we have the all the permits auctioned by the wildlife department in a yearly base mm -hmm. so uh, you know general public hears about it from the newspapers and uh, where they make these advertisements and they say okay bunch of americans and europeans coming and killing our uh, animals and they don't re realize that, uh, you know, how much uh, the hunting is helping those communities because Turkey, we got the community programs and yeah. 50 to 60 percent of the income goes to local community. That's why they're protecting those uh, areas. Mm -hmm. So uh, if they do the same thing in Mongolia, I think it will it might bring the end of the operation because when even in Instagram, when you post a sh uh, picture of a uh, Argali sheep, mm -hmm. immediately you get a lot of. Uh, attacked by the anti-hunters yeah you know yeah so we understand some people might be against hunting but they have to know the legal hunting is the only way to protect the, those animals yeah. and if and a lot of it, there are some illegal hunts uh, different parts of asia mm -hmm. and the, the, the poachers really causing a lot of uh, problems in that area but 
nobody knows about it. So yeah. they they seen uh, legal hunts and they are fighting with that, but it's not. Uh, I think it's not correct. Yeah. So it's like the antis are getting a hold of. Say you have to pay you know a hundred k or something for that permit. They're saying, oh look, these people are spending this much amount of money to go shoot this, and that's where they're really digging in their heels and instead of. You know, uh, just issuing the permits based on a quota, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, uh, we have the also some uh, issues with the Marco Polos from Tajikistan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand during the meeting, we were talking about uh, the surveys and if it's accepted from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. It's very important, you know. Um, I remember when I first time went to Tajikistan was 95, spring. Wow. And at that time, you know, there was there a was civil war in Dushanbe. And we ended up going there with a friend of mine from Tanzania at that time. And then we were hiding three days in a home because we were hearing all the shootings. And finally, they got, they got us in a helicopter and fly the Pamir Mountains and drop in the Balankic River. And then 10 days we were on a food without, <laughs> uh, uh, without proper camp. And it was very, very cold, minus 27. And uh, so I remember, and we used to see, you know, few sheep not 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 too many but yeah. you know I, my very very first hunt if you got a 50 inch Marco Polo that was a good one yeah and then after that uh, you know uh, started they started the conservation program especially hot springs and Karakul and those areas now I think there are 30,000 sheep man now you can stay in a proper camp drive around see a thousand sheep a day yeah. and uh, then if you get a 57 inch sheep they say oh maybe I get a 60 inch tomorrow so yeah. you know there, there are lots of sheep now and they're bigger yeah. but because this is all happened because of the conservation absolutely and before I think uh, local army used to come there and kill 100 a day and feed the, all the uh, compound you know wow. so because of this organizations like uh, Murgab company and uh, like the big companies like them, mm -hmm. they protect that areas and they feed a lot of people and and uh, they build those camps and do a lot of ant poaching. Mm -hmm. But if if you don't do that, you know, people just go yeah. kill the sheep for fun and just try to get the meat, you know. Yeah. So they they really have to realize that the number one tool is conservation tool is uh, well managed hunting. For sure. And we've seen a lot of examples in Africa. We can compare Kenya and Tanzania and many other examples. So mm -hmm. I think we have to uh, sustain this. So yeah. we have to keep uh, bringing sheep hunters there. And uh, so the, because if we have sheep, we will have snow leopards. Yeah. Because they need to feed on those. And we can see that numbers are really raising all over Asia. And this is really a success story. Yeah. And another thing is uh, with the markors in Pakistan and Tajikistan. I, we started our programs in back in 97 in Pakistan. And then we opened... Uh, Kashmir Mark or Astor and Suleiman in Torgar Hills and we've managed it for many many years and together with the uh, Pakistan Wildlife Department and now a few years back Tajikistan copied this uh, model mm -hmm. and they even did better you know yeah. so that really there are plenty of Bukhara markers in the southern and the Pamir markor which is in the foothills of Pamir yeah. and along the Horog River and uh, there are private uh, reserves and uh, and co those communities doing an amazing job and you can see really lots of big markers because of this uh, successful conservation program. Hey everybody, just a quick reminder here to get signed up for our memberships. Whether you're signing up as a new member or just renewing, it is vital in helping our conservation efforts for all species. 
we have a couple different options for you to choose from. The first is our most popular. It's $75 per year, which you get four issues of the Slam Quest magazine, which in my opinion is the best hunting mag out there. It also comes with many other benefits that you can see on our website at slamquest.org. The second option is our eMag, which is $25 per year, and you get all the same benefits with the exception of voting rights and no print magazine will be sent to you. So if you're a digital person, this one was made for you. You can learn more about how to get signed up for these memberships as well as our international and lifetime memberships at slamquest.org. Yeah, and you see like every year there's a bigger one shot and there's a bigger one shot. So, I mean, that is a testament to... That tells you something. Eh? Yeah, yeah, and the same thing like you said, Marco Polo. I mean, back when you started, a 50-incher was a good one and now, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're looking at 60, you know, it's kind of... So that has increased and you only saw, you know, a few sheep and now you see thousands of sheep a day, which is true. I've been there and... and uh, I remember uh, one one thing that sticks out in my mind when when Jason went and hunted with you, yes. and you were with him, and you guys had caught that poacher, and um, I remember you just like sticking out in my head like we need, everybody needs to know here. There's no poaching, like so for people to understand that too, and that's important to have those guys there too, on the ground. And if they don't have paid clients there, they're probably not going to do it. So they are going to get poached. Exactly, but also it's very important to. Uh, win the battle different way win the hearts of local people mm -hmm. you know and you have to understand some people sometimes hunt just for uh, they're starving and they need the food right uh, but so you have to help those people you know I was hunting in uh, right by the Wakan corridor in Afghanistan Tajikistan border and uh, we just turned around the corner one day and then I saw a horse on the top of the mountain which you're uh, you never seen those yeah. mountains, a horseman, you know? <laughs> and then you saw this guy had a 22 rifle, single shot 22, and it was like minus 30. And he had just a very thin jacket and, and he didn't have any gloves. So I, I look at this guy and, you know, we caught him and I probably he needed to get some meat to his camp. Right. And then we take him to in the car and instead of beating him, we decided to give him some food, <laughs> 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 some tea. Yeah. And then he was a nice guy, so we tried to explain him that he shouldn't be poaching. So I think he understand that, and we tried to help him a little bit. Yeah. And at the end, I decided to give my gloves. I had really warm gloves, and I said, maybe this guy needs more than I do. You For know? sure. So I ended up giving my gloves to him. He looked at the glove, and when he, while he was uh, leaving the car, and... And he take it and put it underneath his jacket because he didn't even wear it, you know? No way. <laughs> because he doesn't know what glove is for. Yeah, he's like, oh, what is this weird thing on my hand? Oh. So, oh. but it's, it's really a wonderful experience to see all these great people of uh, uh, Asia. You know, it's really, it has been a wonderful uh, adventure for me. Mm -hmm. You know, waking up 4 o'clock in the morning with a great big smile on your face and going to your job it's it doesn't happen to yeah. everyone so i feel very blessed yeah and you you still go on a lot of those hunts too right with I a do. lot of those guys i do so you can tell that you're super passionate about going because you could easily send somebody and not go but you're you know you're there on a lot of those uh, hunts. absolutely because it's of course we make our living out of it but you know i'm always excited after so many years to go on a hunt yeah it doesn't matter what it is yeah but, uh, you know I think uh, I I'm born with it and I I love it. Yeah. And I I am my also spearfishing <laughs> passion about those tunas and that's also yeah. Uh, you know it's a great passion because always you try to do uh, something different. Yeah. And it's really really uh, I love what I'm doing. Oh, that's cool, man. So to talk about the meeting, uh, we got together with SEI Wild Sheep 
GSEO and a bunch of outfitters like yourself and um, other hunters, and we had a discussion about the Argali import permits. Um, so explain a little bit about that meeting and kind of what you took away from that, like what was encouraging and, you know, um, just anything you want to add to that meeting. Well, actually, first of all, I would like to thank Laird Humberlin for bringing all the uh, uh, people involved together because it's, I think this first time I see that people were not arguing each other because they, I think they've seen that there's a common goal. Yeah. We have we're to get this thing fixed. And it, Laird said right away that everybody should leave their egos behind and let's team up and let's get this thing done. Mm -hmm. So we had a meeting during the Wild Sheep Foundation and uh, regarding the uh, this issue with U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, representative on, on Zoom, I guess. It was uh, online. And uh, we asked several questions. So what you're missing to, you know, f to finalize this yeah. permit? And we didn't get a clear answer. So what we understand, there's some political issue besides, you know, just uh, all the information they they're looking for. So I hope that will be resolved because mm -hmm. I think wildlife is way beyond the politics. It's we have to protect those animals and the only way to do it we shall keep what we've been doing it. Of course if there's any mistake here and there we shall fix those. Mm -hmm. So but I understand that every group they agree and I think we will have a we have a common goal and I, I hope we will be able to fix it. Yeah. No, I, I came away after that meeting feeling in the same way um, and I'm glad that we could get everybody in there like that and throw the egos aside and because we're all on the same, we all want the same thing. Like, sure, absolutely. Everybody wants to see the, the sheep flourish, you know, and the only way to do that is to start issuing those permits and us trying to figure out how to, how to do that. So yeah. I think the meeting of the minds was, was a good thing. Exactly. And so. we, will, we will continue our hunts. And yeah. I'm sure we'll have uh, several hunts for Marco Polo and mm -hmm. Argales this year. And we will, we will be, of, of course, uh, doing all our uh, game surveys and paperwork correctly. As company, we will do our own surveys because uh, US Fish and Wildlife see all these uh, permit applications case by case. So mm -hmm. we'll do our work, our part, ourselves correctly. And we will be uh, happy to help to any others who would like to be uh, need to help. And I'm sure we will resolve this and we will continue yeah. our conservation that's like great. we do for many years. That's great. So I have a question, and this was popped into my mind randomly. Um, so there's a, a bunch of Marco Polos in Duchambe somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like for those guys that are worried, like talk a little bit about where their trophies are and how they're kept, and and some if you can speak on that a little bit, that'd be you know that'd be as, important. As our company, we don't have too many uh, uh, left for over from previous years, but mm -hmm. we have some from last year, mm -hmm. and they are in great condition. What you know, we have uh, freezers and we put uh, skins on the freezers, especially. Mm -hmm. And we do the same in Pakistan and Mongolia, so to make sure the skins are in good shape. And then, and during the winter months, everything's frozen in Mongolia, anyhow, yeah. and Tajikistan. But uh, summer, they have to really look after and make sure that they are in the fridge in good shape. And once we get the permits, we will be ready to ship them. Mm, cool. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of guys worried, like, oh, man, my sheep's sitting over there, and I don't know where it is. Like, So that just kind of popped in my head to just maybe reassure people, like, their stuff's being looked after. And, you know, because people, when they spend that much money, they, they worry about those kind of things. Sure, you know? absolutely. So, and that's the most important thing. 
um, as a hunter is being able to get that stuff back and not just taking a picture. Sure. But uh, yeah, uh, so back to the meeting. I, I think it went well, Con, and and I, I appreciated your input there, and you know everybody's input at the meeting. Um, I felt good about it, and I hope that we get to continue it again. You know, wherever we're at, if we can all get together and do that again, that would be that would be great. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the you know getting all those organizations together, I think, is super important because we're a lot stronger together than we are separate. Exactly, and we have to look at the similarities because. Mm-hmm. They are all similar ideas, mm-hmm. but of course, all of us has their own ways of doing things. But now we have we have to take care of that together. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know we have to be more proactive, you know, and not so reactive as far as things coming down the pipeline in the future. Sure. If there's anything we can do to be better, you know, I think we're all in agreement that we we need to try to do that. Absolutely. So, um, so I'm going to change subjects just a little bit here you've been a huge supporter of gseo for a long time um so talk a little bit about when you became a member first off and then second off um how does how is gseo separate like what it makes us different than all the other conservation organizations out there well uh i was there right from the beginning you mm-hmm. know i i at the Wild Sheep Foundation meetings, they used to, uh, you know, have our own organization called International Sheep Hunters Association with Joe Cuardo. Mm. This, uh, the original of international hunting, was uh, for wild sheep those days in back in the day, and we used to have our uh, banquets. And Joe used to invite 300 people, and at the end of the dinner, he used to auction a napkin. And whoever pays the highest price used to pay for wow. the for the dinner. It was it was a really high end, uh-huh. and the great sheep hunters uh, coming there: Ron Carey, Bob Logan, and all the fa- Hector Quell. Uh, a lot of famous people were there, and then uh, then Dennis Campbell. Uh, he, he was a gr- good friend, and one day we went on a uh, Himalayan ibex hunt together. We were in a, uh, actually Chitral, northern Pakistan, mm-hmm. and uh, northwest Pakistan, and I, I was hunting. I was guiding for a Kashmir marker at the same time, and uh, I look at Dennis. And I said, "When are you starting your own show?" He looked at me and he smiled, but he, I didn't get the answer. Yeah. But a few months later, he, I, I ran into him again, and I heard about his starting GSCO, <laughs> and he said, "Can I couldn't." Uh, tell you right away but uh, I, I bite my lip but <laughs> <laughs> and by then I decided to start the GSCO as he said and it is a great organization yeah. and I'm proud to be a member of it I'm so happy that Jason doing a fabulous job he's, he's an amazing friend and a, a great uh, guy to have in such an organization because there are lots of international sheep and uh, goat hunters and they're members of GSCO and uh, we are sure happy uh, to be part of it and we will continue our sport yeah that's great man yeah and like i said you've been a huge supporter you're always at the convention every everybody knows con they they go and shake your hand <laughs> i think we've, we've done uh me and you've done the fist bump the last few times because you shake so many hands <laughs> we laugh about that uh, but yeah we we thank you for always be, uh being a big supporter and and showing up for the shows and you're a, you're a huge part of the community and um yeah we just we're, we're really thankful that you you came con and and everything you do for the organization 
Thank you so much. Yep. It's a great honor to be part of the big family. Perfect, man. So thank you for your time for sitting down today. I know you're a busy guy, and you probably got a lot of people to see, so I'll, uh, I'll let you go. But I appreciate the podcast, man, and, uh, and maybe after your season, we'll have to get on again and see how it went for you. Absolutely. Thanks Sound so much. good? Thanks, Con. Appreciate it. it. Take it. Hey, everybody. Have you heard about our Super Slam drawing? If not, check this out. Since 2010, GSEO has sent more than 250 winners on free, fully guided hunts with some of the industry's best outfitters. That's more than $5 million worth of hunts. Wow. For only $100 per month or $1,200 per year, you will have the opportunity to win a hunt of a lifetime. In 2022 alone, you will have 30 chances of winning with multiple monthly drawings. You will also receive a GSEO membership and four issues of the best hunting mag in the industry. On top of that, the longer you're in the raffle, the more names you get in the hat. So keep that in mind. That's a big incentive. To join the Super Slam drawing, go to slamquest.org and sign up today. And remember, you can't win it if you're not in it.